Hi everyone, this is Christine um, with The Tell. From thetell.substack.com, we have a fantastic guest today, Courtney, who does a YouTube, um, no, not a YouTube, but a podcast called Q Dropped, where she interviews people who have lost family members and loved ones to the Q conspiracy. But you're not limited by that. You also talk about um, the wellness industry. So um, I would like to ask you, you entered this space by having the experience of your parents getting into QAnon. Yeah. And um, I just want to add, when did you notice something was wrong? Um, first indication, like, okay, this isn't your run of the mill thing. Yeah. When, when did you notice something was really, really wrong? It was when the vaccines rolled out for COVID. Um, my mom had always been like into like alternative medicine and stuff like that. She had like distrust for big pharma, which is deserved. Let's, let's admit it. But, sure. um, she, <clears throat> she, was very fearful of vaccines for a long time but but there was never any reason for it to to come out and be a part of our conversation until covid came around and the vaccines came out and so my brother and i started to urge my parents to get vaccinated and we were pushing them to make an appointment and we kept checking did you make your appointment yet did you make your appointment yet and of course they kept having excuse after excuse after excuse and so we finally confronted them and we're like, are you like, what's the problem here? What's the real problem? And they proceeded to send us an email, the infamous email um, that was about five or six paragraphs of just truly unhinged nonsense. And my brother and I, like we were texting each other. He doesn't live in the same province as me. So we were texting each other and he's like, holy crap, did you see there? their email they are full-on QAnon and so it just kind of it went from there I see and uh, how long into the um pandemic did they seem to really take a dive I mean how long because I remember you remember I was laughing with my husband you know okay I'll be able to work at home for four weeks. Hooray. Yeah. Six weeks, eight weeks top. This will be over by summer. Yeah. And um, it wasn't. And so people who study conspiracy theories talk about how it's conspiracy theories rise up in times of uncertainty and fear. Yes. And so I think the fear really, it was a lark, let's admit it. And we ran out of toilet paper and everybody laughed. Ha, ha, ha. The world is collapsing and Americans want their toilet paper. I mean, you know, you got to admit that's a little funny. Yeah. You know, and then I remember I would take pictures of the empty shelves, you know. But, but really, I wasn't worried. I'm kind of a, a weirdo prepper-ish gal. But I prep for the inevitable flu and laryngitis and tonsillitis that I get every year. Like, yeah. But I haven't for three years. But I, every year I get this. So every August, September, I just gather all the stuff that I'm going to need when it inevitably hits. So I'm that yeah. kind of a prepper. So we 
we had toilet paper, like we had this stuff. And so it was kind of amusing, you know, really. And, and these people buying piles of toilet paper, paper and these social justice warriors would chase them with their cameras going, <laughs> you're stealing toilet paper, you know? Yeah. And so at some point we transitioned from toilet paper panic to they're trying to kill us. Yeah. And what, what, where do you think that happened? I mean, I told you what I think. I'm talking yeah. too much. You're the interviewee. <laughs> I guess a problem. You can't shut me up. That is such a problem. But anyway, go ahead, Courtney. Tell it's me great when you have a podcast. But it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, so like I've thought, obviously, I've thought long and hard about this because when your loved one is in yeah. these, this mindset, that's all you can think about sometimes. And, um, my mom, like growing up, my mom had always, she's always had this need to feel like she's in control of how long she lives, her health. Um, you know, she's always needed to believe that she can control when she dies and all of this stuff. And I think ultimately the pandemic became too scary for my parents to kind of handle and it, and they needed to they needed something to believe in that was less scary and it's when you think mm. about a pandemic it's a it's a virus this is this is something that comes out of nature right it's it's something that we're all susceptible to and we can't defeat um there's always going to be viruses and nature is is always going to be far more powerful than us and it kind of reminded us of how we are just at the mercy of of nature, right? You mean and we're so, not the apex predator? Yeah. <laughs> that maybe we could go extinct and then the, the roaches will laugh about these yeah. stupid bipedal, you know, um, skin sacks who used to think they ruled the world and it really was the roaches. You know, yeah. I mean, I know the roaches are going to outlive us. I just some stand-up comedy. For sure. I would do the whole thing about how the roaches are going to outlive us. And they are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I believe that for sure. <laughs> So, so yeah, it is scary. <clears throat> and I think yeah. a, a month or two in, it uh, it got scarier. It was yeah. a lark. It was funny. Then it was scary. Yeah. And then it was, that's when you started to see people reaching for something that's less scary to, to give them some comfort. And, and if you... Like if you suddenly are blaming the virus on humans, humans created it and it wasn't nature that created it. You feel like, okay, well, we can defeat humans. That's less scary, right? It's more comforting to think that there's just some evil guy behind all of this yeah. and you can blame him. And you can, and when you get that guy, you solve the problem. It's yeah. um, the same thing with anti-Semitism. You know, yeah. um, if there's evil Jewish people who are, keeping you poor well you get rid of them you get rid of the problem and of course you know yeah and throughout know history there's been you know problematic uh beliefs like that and i i i love your insight about the fear and this is less fearful because the 9-11 truthers mm -hmm. i've always said they're less afraid of the u.s government doing it than of being that vulnerable yes yeah. that they, they really are the sandy hook truthers they're mm -hmm. less afraid of first of all in their mythology uh the kids aren't dead mm -hmm. 
So first of all, that they undo the death of the kids and they they say it's all fake and pretending because yeah. that kind of th- it's so much safer to believe yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's and- very hard to admit to yourself <laughs> that we are that susceptible to anything, any of the evils that are out there. It's hard for a lot of people to face that and say, no, that's real. We are vulnerable <clears throat> and life is really luck, <laughs> you know? And- but it's also a survival of humanity overall. Mm-hmm. So it's not just our way of life that we as a species could be vulnerable. Yeah. I've heard people say with global warming, the earth is going to be just fine. We're not going to be fine. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd bring up um, one or two conspiracy theories of times past um, just to give us some perspective. Of course, there's the famous one that Nero burned down Rome, the witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries, um, where they felt that there were women creating a counter-religion. In the 18th century, it was vampires. And these are academics who were studying vampires, okay? Mm -hmm. And in 1790, there was a preacher, Jedediah Morse, who claimed that there was a Bavarian Illuminati who is going to um, infiltrate American society, trying to undo Christianity and our government itself. So this is, this is not new. This is just part of the human condition. And um, so when you talk to people, do you notice any commonalities? And, and I, I like to talk about, um, susceptibility because for human trafficking for cults for all the coercive control uh and the dark persuasion tactics it does need to fall on fertile soil like there there are usually things going on so what what about the state of the people in all these interviews you've done makes them fertile soil for 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 a conspiracy theory there are a number of of different things um like i said i think the fear of death is one of the biggest ones well that's what freud said yeah freud and i think the buddha both said buddhism they both say all fear is based on the fear of death yeah yeah i think it, it for a lot of people like definitely for my mom it comes down to she's just always been obsessed with youth and appearing young, feeling young, being in denial of her age um, and stuff like that. Like she, she points stuff out to me. Like she'll say that I have gray in my hair. Like it's some kind of bomb that she dropped. And I'm like, I know. And I don't care. (laughs) Um, But you know, like to her being young is everything and and i think it's tied to the fact that she just doesn't want to die um and that's what i hear in a lot of the people that i talk to but also one of the most common things i would say it's every single person that i've interviewed except for one they are a part of some kind of fundamentalist sect of a religion um and that's you know a lot of people will say that that it's 
religion is the cause, but I don't think it's the religion. It's the fundamentalist part um, because one of my guests was a devout Christian and it was her mother who was in it and her mother had fallen into this very fundamentalist sect. And um, so it's just, it's not, it's, it's like the extreme. And I think that the people who are in those extreme fundamentalist sects are, are already open to being led by these ideas, these extreme ideas. Um, and so when they encounter more, it's, it's easy for them to accept them. Um, and then another thing is the wellness community. The online wellness community is, um, kind of a fundamentalism of its own. (laughs) It's, oh yeah. You ever try crossing those people, man, they come at you with knives, metaphorically nobody's come at me with a knife but yeah. it's it, that's what it is they 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 yeah. it's like very scary to them to up yes. their their world view yeah. i had a, a friend who fell into one of these cults life spring and she would mm-hmm. say i am mighty like, <laughs> so i just kind of embarrassed her you know said yeah. okay this 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 and I, so I just basically boiled it down and I said, your philosophy applies to a healthy adult who is financially independent. Yeah. That's, that's your philosophy. Yeah. Because a kid can't do this. Yeah. You know, well, you bring it on yourself. I said, there are six-year-olds who die in war. They brought that out on themselves. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. No. You know, and she had to back down, you know, and needless to say, that was the end of that. But, um... Yeah, it's, uh, I think fear is a big driver. Um, I, I see a lot of people in the anti-cult and anti-QAnon community talking about cognitive tools. Like what they need to learn are critical thinking skills. Yeah. And maybe, but I think it's emotional. Do you think critical Absolutely. thinking skills would help? Because, I mean, you're talking about a community already um, in the, the fundamentalist community, whatever religion. There's fundamentalists yeah. everywhere um, who are already primed to turn off critical thinking. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but would critical thinking really make a difference? Do, do you think that that would help? Well, I think I think the best way to explain it is like if you've ever been a, a sports fan of a specific team and they, you know, there's a chance of them making to the making it to the to the playoffs and they're in a let's say they're in a playoff game and it's they're down by like 20 points or something the the odds of them making it to the end are next to none but you're still sitting there and you're still watching and your heart is still beating it's not rational you know it's it's about what you are emotionally attached to and i i know this because my dad he raised my brother and i literally every single day of our lives we heard about how crucial critical thinking was and he taught us constantly about critical thought question everything question everything and and um so my dad and he was he in that fundamentalist group no my parents were both atheists as well and um they they raised us secular like they didn't they didn't raise us they just there was just no mention of religion really in our house at all um so it was a very secular household and my dad just would talk to us all the time about critical thought and and how to assess the evidence and 
um he was very skeptical of everything and um so it's you know he has those skills he absolutely a thousand percent has critical thinking skills and um it's it's not about what he can what he can reason with it's about his emotions and and what he's attached to emotionally that's what this is about i remember him saying even saying this to me we were sitting in the backyard because we didn't want to be inside because of the pandemic because they hadn't had their shots and i was worried about them getting it and um so we're sitting in the backyard and we we're talking and and um we got into an argument about masks and I brought up a whole bunch of like scientific papers and facts that we knew and all this stuff. And my dad was like, he literally said word for word, I don't care about facts. I care about how I feel. <laughs> Just that's what it is. Well, talk about unintentionally insightful. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, what would you say to someone who what what would you advise someone who comes to you and says my parents are gone mm -hmm. what what do i do that's it's usually different for everyone i think that one of the things that we ask in our podcast is that our listeners and the people commenting on it allow for the interviewee to make their own choices about whether or not they keep that person in their life because you know people have their opinions and they'll, they'll always be like oh you shouldn't cut them out and then if you don't cut them out oh you should cut them out and it's it's crazy but I think that it, it all comes down to the person and what they can tolerate my advice to anybody who's dealing with that is to never never sacrifice your own mental health and your own well-being to to cling to something that it's just unfortunately there's not a lot of hope for it there's if you there's the subreddit on on reddit the QAnon casualties one yeah, if you scroll that. through that yeah if you scroll through that there's very few very few people who have turned away from it very few people who have been able to change the mind of the QAnon person in their life and it's just very unlikely so if it's if it's causing you mental distress and it's affecting your life in a negative way don't be afraid to walk away. You you don't need to keep toxic people in your life. And and it can be very painful because, you know, like with me and my parents, we were very, very close. And um, we talked to, we actually interviewed somebody last night who said that his parents were his best friend. He's only 22. And he oh, said his parents so were, yeah, and he just cut ties with them because they they called him a failure and like, just broke him down and he's like i'm done i can't deal with this anymore so just know your limits set your boundaries and don't don't let them cross those boundaries and if they do follow through with the consequences um don't bend for them don't make a compromise for that it's not worth it because you're not going to change their minds i see i see um, have you ever heard of people snapping out of it? Because I know you had one guest who was into conspiracies and he snapped out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like a lot of the people that I've talked to, you know, had their little conspiracy phase or whatever, like I did too in my early 20s. I used to read about the Illuminati and stuff like that. 
but it was more of a fun thing you know it was like a like a what if kind of a a thing it wasn't uh i'm willing to die for this (laughs) um (laughs) it was just this is kind of cool to think about um that's funny yeah the idea some there's one conspiracy that um queen elizabeth ii was the biggest drug dealer in the world i mean i wanted to write a play as if that were true because that's (laughs) hysterical yeah that'd be awesome that is the funniest thing i've ever heard of yeah yeah Okay, okay. And um, what put you on the journey towards speaking out? Um, that's just what I've always done. Um, whenever I have some kind of a, you know, issue going on in my life, I tend to go and talk about it online in either blog format or something like that. But we, my husband and I actually just recently started a business about a year ago, um, where we we produce podcasts for other people and um and we've been talking for a long time about what kind of a podcast we could do for ourselves and um and must have been like eight months we were throwing ideas out there and then I finally came up with this one because it's I think that you make the best content when the content is related to something that's really close to home you know what I mean yeah, um, I'm I'm mildly obsessed with this subject. It actually yeah. started before QAnon or anything like that. It, it started with uh, Scientology. I had a friend who was obsessed with tracking Scientology, and then I started following people online, and it, it, I found it to be fascinating. Yeah. It so is. yeah, this is why you keep doing it, even though three people are are, are watching. You're like, but. But I'm really into this. So it's something, yeah. you know, and I'm really glad that, that you guys found that because it um, it's a great outlet and a great way to connect with other people, too. So <clears throat> what other resources would you recommend people go to who are going through this sort of Q-dropped experience? I would recommend going and checking out the QAnon casualties subreddit first of all because that's kind of like a forum for everybody who's going through this um and they're for the most part very supportive mm-hmm. over there um and then also i i recommend um therapy therapy is crucial like especially if you know this is something that has caused a a big trauma in your life like some people like me I don't feel like it's super traumatic just because my parents are in their seventies. I've had them for so long and they've, they've given me such a great life. And, you know, some people don't have their parents for even half that long. And so I feel lucky. I feel privileged to, to still have them in my life. And they have agreed to not talk about this with, with us. So we still see each other. Um, So they can control themselves. Yes. They that's Every interesting in because while. some people a lot of people can't no i know a lot of my guests they say <clears> that they <throat> they just can't be around their q and on loved one anymore because they just can't stop talking about it and uh it's i don't know if i i couldn't handle that i would have to definitely cut off my parents if they did that but they like we had them for christmas and they didn't bring it up and i appreciate that and it allows us to 
you know, maintain some kind of relationship, which is important for my son because he's very close with them. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if if you if that's not your situation, if your situation is actually causing some kind of trauma in your life, get therapy and also make sure that you have a really good support system around you that are not tied to those people um so that you have a place to go to just be yourself without any of that stuff going on and what sort of places would that be give me some examples i mean my i'll tell you my example okay i'm like a weirdo i go to church and synagogue church and synagogue (laughs) like so because i'm very religious yeah (laughs) okay i'm sorry that's just it i am religious But um, that's 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 sort of my answer, and then I'm I'm in recovery. But so what? Give me some examples for an atheist. What would that look like? I mean, besides like an online forum. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I know I'm a boomer, whatever, whatever. Like, eh, an online <laughs> forum, you know. But you know, tell me, like, what would you do? Would you join a hiking club? I, I have no idea. Yeah, that's possible. Like for me, what I usually do, I, well, I do it. I swim every morning. So I go to the local pool and then I spend like a good half an hour after that sitting in the hot tub and chatting with all the other swimmers. So it's kind of like a little club that we have there. But also my my husband is a huge support. Um, mm-hmm. And we are, I mean, we're best friends and we pretty much hang out exclusively with each other so my husband and I were like that too I, I lost yeah. him like two years ago but um oh, that is, it is that. such a blessing to have had that yes such a blessing yeah you know it is it is it's honestly I don't know what I would do without him in my life I think I'd probably break down because it's just, he's so supportive like anytime <clears throat> my parents are they send us another email that's because that's how they send their theories is they send it through email every once in a while like once every couple of months they'll send something weird and um you know he'll he'll laugh about it with me because it's always crazy (laughs) and uh and he's just very supportive and yeah I think that you know whatever your hobbies are there's always groups and meetups of different kinds out there that that are are really really good to meet other people who are not obsessed with that stuff because that's what happens when you're obsessed with the QAnon stuff it takes over your life you're not you're not going to pottery class anymore you know yeah and that's the nature of a cult yeah it's um it takes over all your spare time and it's also the nature of um an abusive relationship yeah you know you it takes over all your time and any attempt to reach outside of that is met with a lot of anger yeah yeah you know Um, we also had uh one one guest um hale he has a group of friends that he plays dungeons and dragons with every sunday for six hours straight and um he makes like the characters in the game he makes um people oh he's a dungeon master yeah <laughs> I, I played Dungeons so. and Dragons once it was in 1982 and I kept getting killed so I said <laughs> this is it for me I've never played it so but I'm curious I would definitely try but but yeah that's that was his his outlet and his kind of support group 
that's how he dealt with everything and uh and then of course he also went to therapy and a lot of people say their partners are what is their big support system or if you have siblings you know like i have my brother my brother and i we we bond over the crazy stuff my parents send us and like, um but stuff like that and then of course if you are a religious church go to church go to synagogue go to temple I'll, I'll tell you what and i'm just gonna say this um i'm we have atheists in my church and they know i'm jewish they know mm-hmm. it's like i and for a long time i wouldn't even take communion you know because i'm like i'm not taking communion but then they talked me into it it's a, it's a communal eating of bread Christine, yeah. can you do that? I'm yeah. like, okay, because okay, okay. my husband was Christian, and so that we started going to church there, and he's gone, but they were so there for me, and they love and accept me exactly the way I am, and that's priceless. It really yeah. is priceless to me. So you could be an atheist and go to church. We have atheists in our church. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just throwing it out there, like you know. <laughs> yeah, you I know synagogue. lots of atheists. There's a very welcoming. Yeah. 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 Anywhere that you can find people who are going to accept you for who you are and not, you know, expect you to change in any way. It's that's where you should go and and be supported. And, um, but you know, I I do want to put it, uh, what people tend to do is they jump from one high control group to another. Yes. So if you're doing this and, do several things like a tree has several roots you know several big roots on those trees to hold them up so don't go to another group that takes up all your time wants money um or whatever else cults are known for wanting out of followers and um and and that you could do many things like like it's not taking up all your time it's okay to say i'm going to give you three hours a week on yeah. Sundays or Saturdays or Fridays and yeah. and that's it. So don't fall into the same thing of an immersive experience where suddenly you're in that world. Yeah. Because it can feel comforting, but um, it's also a trap. It's the same with abusive relationships. Yes. You know, it's the, the winning you over part and then it flips once you're you're financially or transportation dependent yeah yeah i think that it's it's crucial to find healthy outlets and and like exercise is great too like going to the gym is great and connecting with people or like you said a hiking club if there if there's a hiking club where you live or going skiing i know that a lot of people around here go skiing um there's all kinds are you in canada yeah yeah okay here yeah like we'll go three years without snow oh really it's all covered in snow out there right now (laughs) lucky that's why the bright shining light on your face yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's very bright out there um yeah but i think that as long as it's yeah balance you need balance in your life and you need to definitely i think therapy is also very very key are there any books you would recommend any books that have helped you particularly Yes, Mick West's um, "Escape the Escaping the Rabbit Hole," I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about how to talk to your conspiracy 
believing really? loved one. What what does yeah. it say? Well, he goes through a bunch of the different main conspiracy theories that people accept today, like chemtrails and uh, Morgellons. Um, what? What? It's this. I th- I don't know if I'm saying it right, Morgellons, but I think it's this. It's this disease that people have like invented, where like fibers come out of your skin and you and you like have these open sores mm-hmm. on your skin and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Um, so, so they have a theory about this, but I'm taking it they don't have the lesions. Because if you had the lesions, you'd have the lesions, right? I don't know. I haven't really done a whole lot of research into that one. But I think that some people are actually like it's a mental illness and they do pick at their skin, you know? Um, but wow. they, yeah, they believe like, I don't know, the government gave it to them or something like that. Um but that's he talks about that and he like each one is a chapter and he talks about the evidence that exists to disprove that conspiracy theory and how ridiculous it is and then he there's also like a couple of of areas in the book where he talks about like the tone that you should take with that person and how not to make them angry how not to scare them away so is i've i've heard people say the tone should be curiosity yes and also like very socratic method yes yeah that's a really great um another great resource is anthony magnabosco i don't know if you've heard of him but he does street epistemology which is essentially he he approaches people on the street um and he puts these videos on youtube with their consent of course and um and he approaches people on the street and he asks them about their beliefs and like he doesn't say anything about his position at all and he's very friendly and very like oh, just yeah. i'm just, just curious okay yeah you know and he i'm sure, I'm but, sure charles manson could be very friendly too. <laughs> i mean it's just yeah. an affect yeah i mean i'm sorry but it, i mean it, it, the point is though is that he <laughs> he gets them talking about their beliefs and in in saying what they believe they are forced to think about it more and and the 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 logic behind it and so he's somebody that's talked a lot about in the in the QAnon casualty subreddit because that's one of the ways that you can approach people is by just being curious and asking personally for me I can't handle that I I'm not going to give any. Well, if you're emotionally airtime. connected to someone, that is so much different. Yeah. Now, do you have? You, I, I don't know. Okay, I'm not. I'm sure you've seen. You know, me, the old lady who <laughs> like hangs out on YouTube like a ten year old. Um, so I can't say. Oh, I'm sure you've seen. But Jordan Klepper does this street interview with these with QAnoners and uh, Trump supporters. And he does that, but what's striking is they no reflection. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. It's bizarre. It is truly bizarre to watch a QAnon on Earth think about this. Like, you know, I told you that my my mom will send me emails every once in a while. They're always with a prediction. It's always she's always sending us some kind of warning. Um, because something bad's gonna happen so the last one we got for example was a couple of months ago and she said that in the next couple of weeks 
the world banking system is going to switch over to the quantum banking system and all of our bank accounts are going to say zero dollars for a couple of days but don't worry about it your money's still there um but in the meantime you need to get a couple of weeks worth of food because you probably won't be able to buy anything etc which is all sensible anyway you yeah. should have, I mean, okay, look who's talking here. Okay, take it for what it's worth. But yeah, you should have a couple of weeks worth of food. You could yeah. just boom, have the flu. You can't get up. You got to go, you know, you should have that. That's not so bad. So I'm saying if that's the conspiracy, what's the associated fear? And obviously, obviously it's not that strong of a fear. The fear is yeah. my daughter won't have enough food. Yeah. Toilet paper. Don't forget toilet paper. God forbid. Well, she's sending us those emails because she like she keeps doing it, despite the fact that we've asked her not to. <laughs> she keeps doing it because she feels as though one of these days she's going to be right. And she's going to be able to say, see, I told you um, that. So that's what's driving those emails. Um, oh, okay. And the quantum banking system is it's less about the immediate fears. And it's more about like my parents have always been kind of left wing and believing in stuff like universal basic income and helping out the little guy and stuff like that and so this quantum banking system is supposed to get rid of like debt and supposed to redistribute wealth and make everybody be on a level playing field so that's kind of why they believe in that that's interesting because often the journey to q goes along with a drift to the right politically yeah, no, but in your parents, parents are... that's not the case. And what's also very interesting is they're keeping those fundamental beliefs, but they're also able to turn off the rhetoric and deal with you as a human. Yeah, I um, I was a court appointed attorney in D.C. for seven years, and a lot of my clients were mentally ill and um, schizophrenic, you know, homeless schizophrenics, basically, mm -hmm. who were going to die of exposure or something like that unless they got help. So um, I would say to them, okay, Kofi Annan stole your millions. You don't even know who Kofi Annan is. He, he used to be the secretary general of the United Nations in the like 90s. Okay. But so she, she was like, Kofi Annan stole my millions. Okay. Um, but you still need a place to sleep tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you yeah. could always bring it down to, yeah, but right now you have high blood pressure. Let's work on that diet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and I find that kind of discourse is not happening with a lot of people in their Q family. Yeah. Is that your observation? It's like, yeah. you know, yeah, okay, the Illuminati, quantum money, blah, blah, blah. But, you know... You need you need fresh milk. Yeah, yeah. It's, you gotta pay that parking ticket. Like, yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah. What, what are yeah, they don't. They definitely don't live in the present. You know, and that's. I mean, that's fear. Fear is, fear is not present based. It's not usually anyway, unless you're in the middle of some terrible trauma. Right. But right. It's usually associated with what's in the past, or what's in the future, or what's coming down the future. Um, and they just don't, they don't live in the present moment. It's always what's coming, what's going to happen. You know, the, the storm is coming or, um, and it's just always these predictions and, you know, obviously my mom's predictions never come true, but when you point that out to her, 
it's just like it just doesn't matter it's like she she will only count the the hits and never the misses you know what i mean and like um, like gamblers yeah exactly like gamblers or like chicago or cleveland browns fans like me (laughs) but it's uh it's it's really bizarre to to talk to them and to just it's like they like they've compartmentalized stuff so well i've i don't think i've ever seen compartmentalization that is so effective you know like my parents i've told you my parents were always left-wing they raised me to to believe in human rights my dad was a social worker and a crisis counselor who (coughs) fought for the little guy and minorities and you know before the world was even having these conversations my dad was fighting for indigenous youth in courts and stuff like that and like he now he believes this rhetoric that's so closely tied to racism and and homophobia and all of this stuff and it's like when you try to connect those two things to him he he refuses to see it you know he refuses to see that him now loving trump is is somehow related to being racist or being homophobic and it absolutely is like there's no other way to look at it and he's canadian yeah how do yeah. they feel about okay i did an article on the queen of canada oh who basically God. I, I did an analysis of her tactics, which really mirror Trump. She's like, I mean, I believe <clears throat> I'm not a doctor. I I believe she believes what she's saying. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think, I believe she believes it. Unlike yeah. some people in this space, I believe she believes it. But um, she really takes the rhetoric of Trump but is more inclusive. Mm-hmm. She has nothing against landed immigrants and things like that, which I find very interesting. Well, she herself is from the Philippines. But how how are your parents with that whole movement? Because it wasn't that long ago that uh, they, some of her followers tried to arrest a police captain, res- like having coffee in his car just before <laughs> his shift, and this was like some old lady, right? She yeah. was like 68. And then they she... stormed, they stormed the police station. I'm like, so how are your parents related to that? I mean, well, because that really is, it's interesting that they would admire Trump, but the Canadian version of Trump, what's their interaction with that? I, I'm curious. I personally think that they've, are a follower of Romana Dedulo. Um, okay. I think that because some of the thing in that last email that my mom sent, some of the things that she said, some of the phrases that she used, I did like a Google search and it was all coming from the Queen of Canada. Um, and the other thing that I noticed, which is weird, is that in that viral video of her handing out vegetables and sardines, did you see that? No. Yeah, when they went to go arrest the cops they were all like gathering beforehand and she was handing out a plate of vegetables and cans of sardines to everybody. And like recently my mom has started to swear by sardines as like the new crate health craze is going to cure everything. Um, And that's essentially my mom's diet is like plates of vegetables and sardines, which I'm totally jealous of. If I could get it's away with just eating that. It's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. okay, Romano. That's yeah. not so bad. 
Yeah. This whole arresting a couple, that's not so great. And of course they got the <laughs> butts handed to them. Yeah. You know, and um, I pointed out another, I, well, it, what's interesting is the rhetoric because I found this article in a Canadian newspaper talking about a political fight before QAnon ever happened. And it, it was described in such florid terms, this fight Oh, this battleground, you know, and it, it was just this, all this imagery. And it was just this guy standing yeah. in front of a, standing in front of an office building with another guy. And they're <laughs> just like, here we are, you know, you know what I mean? Whatever. And, and I was talking about uh, the Queen of Canada's responsibility because I said, like, if his followers, you know, the guy standing in front of an, a, of an office building, um, in this fight to the death, um, if his followers stormed the police station, he'd have something to say about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So tacitly, she really is supporting violence. Yes. And she's also convinced a lot of Canadians to stop paying their rent, their mortgage, their, their water bill. bills, their water and then, bills. And then, and then they get upset that the water is turned off. I know. Well, because they've been <clears throat> promised by the Queen of Canada that everybody's going to get free, clean water. And I don't, I don't know. It's like they just, they want to believe this stuff so much that they overlook all the evidence to the contrary. And, and then, you know, all these bad things happen to them. And like, I don't, I don't personally think that my mom would ever not pay her bills. Um, but it does cross my mind every once in a while. And I do have um, the intention of going to the bank and because I'm on their bank account and just checking out like what they've been doing and stuff like that, because it was at the beginning of 2021, January, about a year ago, my brother who does, he did a lot of their investments for them, um, logged into their investment account and saw that they had drained. And when he contacted them, and said where's the money they wouldn't tell him and so we knew it had something to do with these beliefs that they have that they know we don't approve of and i mean we've had many different um theories they went and they bought gold or silver or they've donated it to the truckers convoy or um but in in that last email when we did the research on romana didulo and we saw the connections between what my mom said and what she's been saying. We also saw that the same accounts have been pumping this crypto coin, uh, quantum dollar. And I, I want to believe that my parents would not be able to figure out how to purchase crypto, <laughs> but, um, but I think that maybe that's where the money went, um, which essentially means they've just thrown it away. Um, and I mean, it's not a lot of money and, you know, in, in Canada, they're going to get healthcare until they're gone, no matter what amount of money they have. But we do worry about like, if they ever need like long-term care and stuff like that, they're going to need that money. And I certainly don't have it. So it's just yeah, scary. It is scary. Mm -hmm. It really is scary. Um, how has this shift in your parents affected relationships with other people outside your family? You mean my parents' relationships with them? No, yours. 
Like but, you have a relationship with your parents mm-hmm. and your brother, mm-hmm. but has this changed affected your relationships with others, not in your family group? It just seems um, to me that it, it would affect trust. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, we've kind of like stopped associating with a few people who have kind of believed some of the same things as my parents. Um, and like, there's a couple of people here in town. We live in a very small town, so there's, we don't have a lot of people around us, but there's a couple of people that we used to hang out with that, um, you know, we just stopped because they believe all the same stuff as my parents. And, you know, there's only so much of that you can take. And yeah, I think like, I have a very low tolerance now for anything like that. I, you know, I, I still wear my mask and I think I'm the only person in this entire town who's still, besides my husband, who still wears their mask, you know, when you go to the grocery store, everybody else is maskless. And we live in a town that is predominantly um, uh, retired people. So it's like a little um, lakeside town that gets really hot in the summer, like 110 sometimes. And uh, yeah. <coughs> wow. Canada? Yeah. What part of Canada is this? You don't have to tell me. But I'm like, wow. Okay. Oh, I'm open about it. It's the Okanagan. It's um, considered Canada's only desert. And it's it gets oh, very, very hot here. Cool. I love deserts. Yeah. And we have over 200 wineries here. So this is like a... A retirement destination you know? oh, and so yeah, i can see that lots of yeah lots of people move here to retire so we have this predominantly elderly population and nobody's wearing their masks and it just it makes me really upset um and of course we have a very poor vaccination rate in this town in bc it's great but in this town it's terrible um so yeah, I I tend to we tend to keep our distance from most people. There's a few people that like we have a friend who's a doctor and you know, he's going always going to get his vaccines, he's always going to wear his masks and stuff like that. So we're we will hang out with him. He loves trivia, so we go do bar trivia a lot with him. Um and you know, for the most part, we kind of keep to ourselves, I think, cuz it's just I think we learned in the pandemic, we learned, everybody learned way too much about each other. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Don't you think? Like, like on Facebook, I used to be able to be friends with everybody in town on Facebook and I'd log in and even if I didn't agree with them, it didn't matter. I could scroll by it or whatever. But then the pandemic hits and all of a sudden all of these people are saying crazy things like, you know, racist stuff about China and, um, stuff about how you're a sheep if you're wearing a mask and and it's just like i now i know way too much about you i didn't want to know these things about you i i have a friend whose mother was convinced covid the shots were bad and she died yeah you know a lot of people have died do you think that there is an age component for QAnon adherence i do obviously it's not it's it's there's exceptions but there's absolutely 
more susceptibility in the boomer generation because I think, you know, they grew up with the news hour on TV. That's the only time you got news, the newspaper and the news hour, both of which had high journalistic standards. You had to do your fact checking before anything, before Walter Cronkite said a word, a team of fact checkers would go through it. And it was the same with the New York Times, the Washington Post. There, people did their due diligence, and if they ever made a mistake, they would publish a correction the next day, right? You know? Or they right. would say the correction on the news hour the next day. And so, you know, these people, my parents' age, grew up with when somebody's telling you the news, you believe them. And now anybody can tell you the news in any way they want. They can make websites that look like a real news site. They can make youtube channels that look like real news channels yeah and they can say anything they want there's no fact checking involved there's no nothing there's no indication that this is false or misleading or anything like that and so i think they're they're definitely more susceptible to believe anything that they see on the internet that's being delivered as news and there was once when my mom sent us something she's like i just read this article about this horrible thing that's gonna happen i can't remember what it was and (coughs) you know i go to the article and of course i i a couple of clicks later i could find out who owned the website and it's this dude in russia i'm like right right like not that you know i'm sure there's lots of trustworthy people in russia but why would they be publishing american english exactly geared towards americans they'd be doing it towards russians now, I watch yeah. Russian YouTube channels for um, how to cook cabbage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how to sew a little tote. I'm, I'm using my spare fabric to sew, to sew tote bags. You know, <laughs> I just give them to homeless people. You know, that yeah. that's fine. And guess what? It's not in English. Yeah. Yeah. You but know? as soon as they're, when they start talking about, when you've got like a Russian YouTube channel devoted to Canadian politics, yes. you have to yes. kind of take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, there's this uh, saying that when you're interviewing or interrogating someone and um, they tell you something, everything they tell you, it's, it's like taking a hand and grabbing a chunk of a watermelon. Mm-hmm. Because everything they tell you is connected to all the other things. Mm-hmm. So when you start checking, so I, I, I knew this guy, this was many, many years ago, 19 years ago. And at the time it was popular to believe that Mexicans were coming to the Southern United States to have babies. So they'd be citizens, you know? Yeah. And so I said, well, if that's the case, then the um, hospitals would be overflowing. Like, you know, if then, if, all these Mexican women and uh, foreign women were coming to American hospitals on the border to have babies. Well, then those maternity wards would be full. Mm-hmm. There would not it would there would be a shortage of OBGYNs, and if there isn't, there would be a massive density of OBGYNs, and yeah. that's not the case. So, mm-hmm. and, and and he had married an heiress, and so I said, "You've got the money now. Uh, fly down there and take a look." And he wouldn't. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. You yeah. know, it's not true. Yeah. Because it's more tied to. It's the feeling. emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It's the sure. feeling. Yeah. 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 It's, it's easy. It's much easier to blame the things that are going wrong in your country on some foreign influence than 
to look inward and decide, okay, there's some things we need to fix. Uh, Benjamin Franklin did that with German immigrants. Yeah. Yeah, but they're always doing that. The Egyptians did it with the Jews. I mean, you know, oh, they're all over the place. You know, I'm, I'm talking ancient Egypt. Yeah. You know, they're all, they breed like rabbits. They all yeah. said the same thing. It's always yeah. the same thing. Fear yeah. of other. So, yeah, we had that growing up in, uh, so I grew up in a suburb of Vancouver um, called lovely Richmond. Lovely town. Yeah, I love I love it, but only looking at pictures. Um, <laughs> it's just so there's so much traffic, and it's so expensive. Yeah, it is but, insane. But it's um, the in Richmond, which is where the airport, the Vancouver airport, is. It's now I believe like between seventy and eighty percent Asian population. Mm. Um, and I, you know, when I was growing up, it was predominantly white. And so this slowly happened while I was going to school there and as a young adult and stuff like that. So you can imagine the 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 racist rhetoric that was going on. Oh, they're taking over. They're taking over. And I'm like, I do not mind at all these, you know, anybody coming here because I uh, personally, I love learning about other people's cultures. And, and most importantly, I love the food. Yeah. <laughs> But exactly. it's just great. It it feels like when you go to my hometown now, it feels like you're going to another country. And I love that. It's like it's like you can travel to like Hong Kong without having to travel to Hong Kong. And it's awesome. Definitely worth a visit if you ever go there. The food well, there I'm, is I'm going unbeatable. To now put it on yeah. my list. The food is well, unbelievable. And they have great night markets too. That's good. So um do a, a quick overview of your podcast do a plug yeah it's the q dropped podcast and you can find it on any podcast platform so that's q dash dropped um and you can also find it on youtube we put it on youtube and in the new year we're going to be doing some live events with experts like mick west hopefully i'm going to ask mick west to go on um and we're gonna yeah we're gonna have some experts to talk about like how to talk to your q and and how misinformation spreads and stuff like that so um subscribe to it on youtube just search for q dash dropped on on youtube courtney i want to thank you for your time this has been great and i cannot wait to hear what those experts have to say about communicating yeah me too i'm looking forward to it thank you so much for having me on well thank you for being here okay bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. <laughs>